you are listening to High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiara Fielding. And it's the one, the only, Adam Sarsbisty Rawlings. How y'all doing? Your intros are getting more iconic each time. <laughs> I'm just trying, one day I'll have to like, I know, I know you're not a Game of Thrones girly, but I'll have to like, all, all the titles that Daenerys ends up with like at the end of that show, and just like list them all <laughs> off for me. Should we do our Femi Fact, Femi Thought? Yes, let's. I have a good one this time. Oh, I'm really excited. Okay, you go first. So I'm going to start by asking you a question. What is one thing that like podcast bros like Andrew Tate always describe themselves as? Uh, well, high value men, alpha men. There we go. Alphas. alphas. Yeah, yeah. So did you know that the whole theory about alphas in science has been disproven? <gasps> I did actually know this, but please go on. So the the way that alpha male or beta came into our lexicon was through study of wolves and their social dynamics. And right. the researcher who coined the term alpha male, his name is, I've got to note it down here, L. David Meck. He, in the 1970s, studied a group of captive wolves and saw that they organized themselves into a social structure with a dominant male and female pairing. Um, in a way mm. to kind of mimic natural wolf family dynamics. Right. But after publishing this paper, he actually spent the rest of his career trying to dis- like distance himself from what he'd originally said. Because what no one thought at the time was these f- groups that have these alleged alpha males are made of wolves that have come from all different kinds of areas, different family groups. You know, they're a, basically they're a group of strangers that are thrown in together. And they have to oh, like yeah. figure figure it out, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how they kind of like you know they fight and they try and you know eventually a dominant one comes out on top. Mm-hmm. In the wild, wolves just live in basically packs of wolves are just big families, and there's right. like a a matriarch and a patriarch in each wolf pack, and there's no sort of specific hierarchy in the sense of like. There's no violence that gets them there. It's usually just through age and seniority, is it? And this guy was like, look, in the actual wild, in nature, alpha males don't exist, at least in this species. And people have ran with this, like people in sort of the incel community, in the, um, what's the word? Podcast community. Yeah, but also it's you no know, people who like use biology and what they perceive as their understanding of biology to justify things like sexism. Um, mm-hmm. Also, they... can we just add to that? Because like, it's so funny that a lot of the men who use the whole like biology, um, evolutionary type spiel when it comes to like gender roles, often um, they can be like really re- religious men. And it's like, yeah. Eh? I thought I thought you like I thought evolution was was fake like what this is <laughs> so a, true pick actually pick a struggle like... <laughs> yeah literally. yeah no that's so true and yeah so literally they thump about being like oh in nature there are alpha males it's like babes no there isn't and just to add on to that actually I'm like low-key people don't know this about me but I know a fuckload about animals right oh I love that in a lot of different species, it's actually the females of the species that are dominant and lead family groups. It's the case for cetaceans yeah. like whales, dolphins, orcas, 
elephants are led by matriarchal family groups and mm. hyenas are a matriarchal species as well and that's just three mammals two of which are considered the most intelligent species outside of humans in mm. the, on the planet so if anyone wants to use animals and zoology to justify sexism please direct yourself to me because i will tell you that you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> no yay I love that that's such a good fact I, I love it yeah I saw a TikTok on it and I thought I, it was sort of like validating because I sort of knew it but I mm. you know when you you don't have anything to say because you don't like you don't know so when when these these men use this as like an excuse for their sexism I'm like uh, uh <laughs> like I don't actually I can't even though you know it's bollocks, like you don't have the like, yeah. data to like combat it. So I love that we we like know that now, and that's becoming like oh, a that's something. Well known. That, oh, they love to like say from data that I've seen, and then like well, oh, f- what on. fucking data? <laughs> yeah, it's literally show me this data. I saw an intel arguing, being like, from the data I've seen, women would be happier if they didn't have the right to vote or work. I'm like, babes, where's mm. this data? Like, pull it up right now. Mm, exactly like, he might be on something about it, working that... <laughs> no that's Any actually kind of true joking. that's actually like low-key kind of true but i want the option <laughs> to do it i just I'm don't want to do it yeah <laughs> but then uh, so does like humanity so you know it's not really gendered exactly but yeah oh, that's so interesting that was a good fucking femi fact thank you do you want to tell us your femi thoughts femi facts okay, femi feelings mine is like very very short and sweet because i just researched it now <laughs> but, <laughs> uh so you know you know the female like sex symbol yes the circle the, with like the cross yeah. yeah 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 do you know what where that's come from um i don't actually i didn't either um, and I don't think it's actually concrete, but it's sort of uh, like assumed. And I think there's some like historical backing to it. But apparently it's supposed to represent um, Aphrodite's mirror. I had a feeling that it was something to do with Greece. Like Greek really? Yeah, because it's kind of, yeah, it sort of reminds me of the same sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way they write. Um, oh, the characters, the letters. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of gives me that vibe interesting um yeah apparently it's like a symbol for her mirror yeah i have a feeling that the one for like the male one like you know the circle with the arrow is like something of apollo oh okay okay that's pretty cool even though they're sort of becoming a bit antiquated um it's still pretty cool that that's it's like yeah um from greek greek mythology because i love a bit of greek mythology Oh, girl, who doesn't? I love me some Greek yeah, stuff. Yes. So fun and quirky. Some mythology, some Spanakopita. It's all good. Some what? Spanakopita. What's that? It's a Greek pastry that's made of phyllo, um, and it's stuffed with spinach and feta. It's really nice. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God, I'm going to Greece tomorrow. Come on, Ellie, get it together. Get the get the linko down. Jeez. Yes, I love that. I have had it before. I just didn't know that was the name. You're going to be denied entry now. Yeah, I know. They're going to be like, mm. we listened and you're not allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to make sure that this is out after you've landed. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it will be. Do you want to tell uh, everybody what this yeah. episode's about? So just before I do, the last two episodes have been like cute and like all about loving. Like, I've been very like, loving and sweet last two episodes. That ain't going to be the case today. I'm back on full form of being like demon mode. <laughs> and that's because we are talking about well, we're kind of talking about reality TV shows from, I'd say, around the start of the 2000s onwards. But if we're mainly looking at TLC shows and things that, even if they're not made by TLC, fit that same sort of genre. So mm-hmm. think things like My Six um, Hundred Pound Life, Toddlers and Tiaras, um. In the UK, we had like Super Size versus Super Skinny, um, Fat Families, um, anything attached to Gillian McKeith. But in yeah. general, just really fucking awful shows that had us all in a chokehold. And honestly, still kind of do. Like, there's been a resurgence of these shows on TikTok a lot. So we're going to dive in and just talk about how awful these shows were and probably drag some people quite harshly. Yeah, quite harshly this time. <laughs> First of all, did you watch a lot of these shows like growing up? Um, I was definitely aware of them. Like, I mm-hmm. won't lie. I don't remember watching all of them, like mm-hmm. at the time, but I definitely was aware mm-hmm. of them all. I remember watching Jillian McKeith's show, actually. I think the yeah. American what was produce- again? Uh, how to shame people into wanting to hang themselves, probably. Um, it was called. I wrote it down. Our little notes. I think oh, you are what, what you eat. You are what you eat. <laughs> yeah, that was atrocious. That was fucking atrocious. Oh. Okay, so you you weren't like a big watcher of these shows. You just sort of like saw them occasionally. No, yeah, I was definitely cognizant of them being around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that. I don't know that I didn't watch them, but I think I just didn't really internalize them as much as maybe other people did. And I think right, that's because okay. like we didn't sit down and like watch these shows like episode by episode. Yeah, I okay, I didn't watch it episode by episode, but mm. I consumed these shows like they were like my daily food. Um <laughs> they like I watched these shows like every single day after school because my my mum yeah. really liked them so my mum's like repertoire of shows was like her main her main shows were like place in the sun shows you know like property uh, my mum and dad love a property show oh my god she has them on repeat she still does um which very unproblematic lovely shows <laughs> but yeah. the other the other lot was just like reality tv like that and I think one thing that we should touch on immediately is how these shows, like what you said in 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 the notes, um, these shows are very much catered towards working class people and families because yeah, I'm pretty sure like at least TLC is a free channel, um, or if not, it yeah. comes with like basic basic packages, um, and so... a lot of the British ones are on like Channel Four, which again free channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these were all like very super accessible to to people who of all backgrounds. Were, like, were, yeah, of all of all backgrounds really, but mostly like I would say working class because yeah, 
when like when speaking to like my friends uh, at school at the time like they they didn't know these shows like they'd come to my house and be like oh what's this like they they didn't oh, know I because see. I went yeah because I went to a school in an area where most of my friends were rich basically and I was like the cute poor <laughs> the poor friend with the cute house <laughs> cute being <laughs> like in quotation it's cozy <laughs> it's cozy <laughs> um yeah so and like their families would always watch things on like Sky Atlantic and like um, uh, I'm with you now. I always I always feel like I've always felt like this that there's like shows that like middle class people the middle class families watch that I I'm still learning right now that I'm like oh I, I never heard of it and people are like what you've never seen it and I'm like no I, I can't think of an example right now but I definitely will try and think of one but I do think there is a bit of a split ah, interesting in, I mean in the audience I would say for me if it was shows that were just always on my house as a kid um mm-hmm. the ones that were really always on like always friends always like without oh, fail yeah. friends would be on friends would it was be always my on, like e4 or comedy central yeah. yeah yeah um that was on a lot and then like on sky um i think it was sky one back in the day like, The Simpsons would always be on around the time, like, after we'd had, like, got in from school and, like, had our tea. And, like, I'm actually mm. a massive Simpsons fan. Um, oh, really? Like, old school Simpsons. Yeah, old school Simpsons, new school Simpsons is just shit. But, like, classic Simpsons, like, would always be on. So, like, they were probably the two for mm. me that, like, were on all the time. But Friends was I was definitely, definitely one of aware of these shows. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually so just finished good. rewatching Friends. Oh, really? I, I bet there are some problematic things on reflection. <laughs> there, def- there definitely is. Like, you know, you can't deny that. I will say, though, that I feel sometimes the dialogue about friends being problematic is kind of exaggerated, it feels. It almost feels like because it's so popular, people just want to take a swipe sometimes. I have to say, the friend, the friends, like, haters, they're quite a strong-willed community. <laughs> but also... Yeah. Have you noticed that most Friends haters haven't actually seen the show? Because yeah, Felix exactly. was one of them, and then I made him watch it, and now he loves Friends. I just don't think they've given yeah. it the time of day. So, yeah, but there are there are definitely some problematic moments. Like, yeah, when I Monica... think anything to do with gay people or trans people in the show were pretty bad. And Fat Monica as well um, was... Yes, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, 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 exactly. Given the fact um... she's thinner than I am as well. Oh, like yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. I'm like it's um... like that Monica was a size twelve. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? Make, make, it makes me really sad watching it because I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I'm basically a walking like friends joke. joke. Fantastic. Um anyway, back to the, the reality shows. It was I mean, on repeat. Kind of relevant though. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it is relevant. No, it is relevant. Um, so yeah, I a lot of these shows that we're about to talk about, I would have seen probably at least a few episodes at the very least. So yeah. I'm very excited to like dive in and talk about how problematic it is really and just like judge the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of use TLC as our launching off point, which, and for those of you that don't know, TLC, I believe, actually is an acronym for The Learning Channel, which is I hilarious to me that. because... Yeah, that's that's what I believe it's actually the acronym for. Like, it's not, like, No Time to Love and Care. It's... I thought it was that. The Learning Channel. <laughs> which, like... <laughs> it's, like... 
girl, what are we learning from these shows other than to internalize a lot of crap? Yeah, yeah. But TLC is famous for basically taking sort of stories about quirks of life mm-hmm. um, and really taking it to the nth degree. And generally the shows are quite exploitative. Um, yeah. As we you saw, might said know... earlier... Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, no, no worries. As I said, um, some of the shows that are more recent that you'd be aware of, like 90 Day Fiancé is a TLC show, A Thousand Pound Sisters, which came out about two or three years ago, was, is, or is a TLC show. Hoarders, My Strange Addiction, Breaking Amish, um, Extreme Cheapskates, which Noah's done like a few like nostalgia r- like runs on TikTok as well. Mm, yeah, I've seen um, the couponing one as well on TikTok. Yeah, that's one too. Um, so mm. these are all just to give you a bit of an idea. They basically the show specialize in finding usually subgroups of people, like communities of people that have interesting slash sort of quirky or weird hobbies and ways of life and then blowing up the proportions of these um people's lives to the nth degree obviously for the purposes of entertainment um and oftentimes to quite exploitative means or ends even Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that they probably like named themselves the learning channel because i think they come they come from a point of like curiosity like looking into the lives of people who are different from you know the the norm per se the yeah. thing is though it it ends up not being like an innocent like curious thing because it's a reality show and they want drama at the end of the day and they'll like manufacture exactly. that however they can even if it's like on in, in unethical ways um like even the premise of some shows the way it's like written or set out the structure of it like like, churns drama like it's done in a way where it's like no matter who the people are like drama will occur so I think that's probably where they get that where their like standpoint is but it's just very exploitative isn't it yeah is there any shows either like actual TLC shows or these sort of related shows from like the 2000s are there any of them that particularly jump out as you as either being personally quite impactful or just ones that you have like more familiarity with? Oh god, there's quite a few. Are we starting with just TLC or are we expanding this out to like let's just let's just generally that sort of TLC is a genre as opposed to a brand at this point. Okay. I need to get up a, the, the list because there's definitely some that I'm more familiar with than others. Yeah. Um, for me, one that jumps out at me is probably um, like 10 years younger. That was a yeah. big, big watch in my house. Um, Same and in then, our house actually as well. Really? Yeah, that was a, that was yeah. a big one. That was very popular. Also, you are what you eat. Like that was that was on quite a lot as well. Gillian McKeith's one, yeah. Um, and then in terms of TLC, um, Ninety Day Fiance was on constantly, and so was um, and this one's slightly different, but I think this one was the most watched for me and my mum, which was um, Say Yes to the Dress. Now it's not on any uh... of the lists that that from the articles that you've 
mentioned because I don't think people would really say that it's problematic but I I think yeah I think for me it was and I'll tell you why (laughs) because I was obsessed with like weddings as as most little girls are whether that's whether that's like (sighs) DNA which I don't think it is or whether it's you know because society you could unpack it for hours you could you could you could you could um anyway I was obsessed um so wed oh my god wedding dress shopping are you kidding and my mum loved that shit too so like we would have it on all the time judging the dresses judging the girls judging the family dynamics but the amount of moments in that show that talks about like that sort of a a fat phobic um like normalizes like mums or like families like fat shaming the the brides getting who are like trying on the dresses or normalizes like there's so many like really archaic traditional problematic beauty as well beauty um relationships and the way that sometimes because sometimes some of these relationships <laughs> that they talk about at the beginning, you know, when they're introducing the bride, so I'm getting married, oh, and yeah. we've known each other for this long. Sometimes I watch those on reflection, and I think, oh no, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, run like this. This could potentially be like no joke. This could potentially be an abusive relationship. Like you see the way they yeah. meet and the control sometimes that the the men have over mm. the women. There's just so many little things in that show. A lot, of which on reflection. Parts. Yeah, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things. But as a whole, I feel like I've definitely, I definitely grew up with some problematic learnings from from that show. Yeah, sure. I feel like with Say Yes to the Dress, it, the thing that I immediately think about in that is just how awful the mothers and the brides are a lot of the time on that show. Yes, what, what is just that about? Like, so awful to the daughters. And so my sister is getting married in a few months and we went Ooh, dress shopping just before exciting. Christmas. Um, She said yes to the dress, by the way. <laughs> um, we love it. But like me and my sister were like making a joke about it. My mum was just like, oh, like it was something to do with how like awful like, the mothers of the bride can be on that show. And my mum mm-hmm. obviously had either not really seen much of it or had never seen it. And was like, are they really right. bad? And I was like, oh, trust girl, like they are awful they're like out here fat shaming the daughters making them cry telling them they're ugly and mm, i bad. just think that that's your child that's your baby like mm. just n- no it really sits weird with me it's like if you want to treat a member of your family like that like get some therapy because that's not okay in my book yeah yeah yeah. it's really bad and what's worse is this is giving me the same sort of <laughs> same vibes as when we did the america's next top model yeah episode but like the, the worst part about it is that me and my mum would sit there and just agree and be like yeah no they don't know what they're talking about i agree with the mom i agree with the bride or whatever it is and you'd mm. just be a massive bitch i feel like so many of these shows really encouraged women to be like their worst selves <laughs> like the bitchiest version that yeah. you could possibly be yeah but, no, I yeah. completely agree I think for me you are what you eat is the one that really stands out the most and I think it's just because of how extreme that show was in so many ways so for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with that show basically this woman called Julie McKeith who is 
probably now equally as famous for being terrible and I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. The British reality TV show, different type of reality show. She per- she professes to be a nutritionist and a doctor. I actually did some research. She did distance learning at a university in Alabama that's not recognized by like the relevant boards in America to actually dispense medical qualifications. So You're kidding. she's a quack. Yeah, she's literally a quack, like a charlatan. Um <gasps> and using this information that she professes to be an expert in. She would go to people who were struggling with dieting, as often people do, especially in the 2000s when dieting culture was rampant, way more than it is now, I feel. And she would... I remember one episode, she literally poured like a bunch of like animals' organs over one of the people on the show, being like, this is like like hearts or kidneys or something like that, being like the food that you're eating is, like, fucking up your heart, basically. And, like, really, <gasps> really shocking, scurry tactics. I do not remember that. Oh, my I God. I remember it like she it was yesterday. She did what? She poured over... She poured animals' like, organs over somebody. Is he, it, I think it was, like, in front of them, but it was just, like, a jar full of, like, hearts. Um, oh, Not the Christina Perry song, goodness. by the way. Um, and... <laughs> From the eyes inside <laughs> your soul. <laughs> and like but even when she wasn't doing that she would present people with like shock tactics by showing them like a week of food that they eat and being like look at all this food you eat like and she'd also she was famous for basically playing with people's poo yeah so yeah i mean surely i don't i feel like we don't have to explain explain this to anyone unless maybe you're like american or not from the uk but julie mckeith is very famous for looking at people's poo (laughs) on the show to try and gauge the person's health the person that she was presumably helping she would ask to look at their shit (laughs) um and it it makes it so much weirder now knowing that she was totally unqualified to do this because what did she just get like a kick out of it no, literally, I actually think she has like a scat fetish, and like, stop, you know, no, stop. If... <laughs> I'm not gonna kink shame. Like, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. I, I am. Can't relate, but... <laughs> no, I am. I won't kink shame anything aside from that one thing. That and blood. No, I'm sorry. Go get help. She has <laughs> like, okay. she has to have been like. Well, she obviously enjoyed what she was doing. So you know, clearly, fuck it out. Well, I remember watching. I remember watching one episode of this show, and one of the contestants was just like, they had to do it in like these Tupperware boxes as well. It's like plastic. Tupperware. Yes, I remember those. That's the thing, and I remember someone presenting like an empty box, and she was like crying. She was like, "I was constipated. I couldn't poo." And I remember just looking at my mum, being like, "What the fuck are we watching? Like, what so is bad. this show?" It's so bad. I remember, so shows that were very similar, right, was um, Super Size versus Super Skinny. I remember that one really well. Because it's just the most, I'm sorry, but that show would never fly now because it's the most fucked up premise ever. It's essentially two people who have eating disorders, like, in most cases, um, whether that's, like, binge eating or anorexia or, or whatever it may be. Um, serious like they they were serious eating conditions and they would basically get them to swap eating disorders I'm sorry basically so the yeah go on 
Yeah, no, basically, I, I've seen so many clips of it on TikTok. And mm. it would be like, yes, the people who were in the super size category usually were eating quite unhealthily and were eating large portion sizes. Mm-hmm. And eating, basically. Yeah, essentially. And there was no, no treatment of that, like it was any kind Mm-mm. of actual eating disorder or that there was a psychological reason for it. No, they didn't get them any psychological help. It was it was no, all none of very, that. like nasty. It was all yeah. And it felt like in a way as well, the super skinny, it was like they were almost being praised for yes. their like restraint. It would be like, oh, I just have a cup of tea in the morning for my breakfast. And then I have like, I don't know, a something like small for lunch. Sometimes I've seen ones where it was like literally a cup of tea and cigarette for three meals. And like they just oh, didn't yeah, have yeah. to eat any food. A co- co- coffee and a cigarette, like every every meal. And like the poor like person who was in the super size category obviously couldn't cope with that, but that was apparently allowed to fly on the show. And the person who's in the super skinny category would be made to eat very large amounts of food that would was probably very triggering if you've got an eating disorder like very yeah, very and triggering. also just on the basis that if they're not eating a lot of food just physically their stomach will have shrunk from their lifestyle course, so eating yeah, that amount dangerous. of food would make them inc- yeah it's dangerous and it was so disgusting and even today when i see clips of it shared on tiktok i still see people that are like there's a lot of comments like, this is so fucked up. Why did we let this happen? Why did we watch but this? But there's still the occasional one. Yeah, no, I see. But there's still I see people the who are just like, oh, like, you know, I don't know, Gemma, supersized. Don't know if there was not thinking of a specific person here. Like, oh, like, she's so gross. Like, how could she eat all that food? Like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this still, and it really reinforced the idea that binge eating and overeating that it's just a choice that people make and that they're just lazy and greedy and that there's no aspect of it being a form of disordered eating. And I think these shows really, really emphasised and like pushed that narrative and that stereotype to, to the max. Absolutely. And like, as you said, with the like super skinny, like it was never treated in the same way. It was always like one of them's lazy and one of them just needs to eat a bit. Like it was, it was always oversimplified and like never any psychological help for any of it, which like we know is absolutely essential for eating disorders now. Um, But I think, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of, there's still a, a massive like stigma around like, being fat and overeating and and being called lazy or being you know yeah. as, as if it's like just poor decision making and it's it's not it's just not treated the same still I feel like we're still yeah it really is on the daily but these shows back then it was so much worse so much worse it's really done a lot of mental damage to us just like what we were talking oh, about with America as like a culture model. yeah I yeah. think as well that um the other aspect of these shows is like we talked about how you know they were kind of they were entertainment for the masses they were available very easily um mm. most households in the 2000s had a television and even if you had a very basic sort of television package you would have access to these shows the mm-hmm. flip side of it as well though is that the participants of these shows were mostly from working class backgrounds or people that were um living in the social safety net yeah and that's it really, when I was doing my research, it reminded me in so many ways of like Jeremy Kyle. Because yes, yes. 
the narrative of these shows, particularly like Fat Families, um, which is another one that was in the same sort of genre of British shows, mm. Um, mm. but also like um, A Thousand Pound Sisters in America, um, which is either still showing or is only very recently finished. They show people like, oh, here comes Honey Boo Boo and Toddlers and Tiaras, mm. which is like other examples that are less to do with body image and just other aspects mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. They um they specialize in finding people that you know live in working class back working class families, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes in government provided housing, and they portray these people that if they are unemployed as just being lazy and they just really lean into classist narratives that are massively rampant in the UK still. Do you think they pay them a lot to be on the show? Like, do you think it's no. like a, that's a big incentive? Mm. No, I think that the reality is, I mean, speaking about Jeremy Kyle for a second, which is obviously a bit different. The mm. reason they didn't that get any show... money for that. No, they didn't get no. any money per participation, but what, they did do and what something like a thousand pound sisters does um is it takes people who otherwise would not be able to access certain services and says well hey if you're on a little tv show then you know you'll get some addiction like rehab if you're it's on the jeremy really show. bad have you seen the documentary like, the jeremy Carl yes i saw that one recently yeah and um yeah me too it's 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 absolutely eye-opening life-changing well, not life-changing, yeah. but in, in the way that you look at Jeremy. Because I honestly, I, I knew it was problematic, but I didn't really, like, think about why until I watched that yeah. documentary. It's absolutely baffling. I think, but, yeah, for me, the Jeremy Kyle show um, was always... It has always sat really wrong with me from even being quite young because, you know, mm. being from, like, the, no- the North, a lot of the people that were on Jeremy Kyle, it's like, you know, I grew up with people like that. Um, mm. you know, I went to school with people like that, and mm. the a lot of the people on the show, you can just tell, you know, they came from backgrounds where education wasn't really prioritized or valued, um, because they live in a culture and a sort of they go through a cycle of poverty where essentially the government incentivizes you to not leave the cycle of poverty because mm-hmm. you are given your living expenses are covered and this is a bit conspiracy theory now, but the reality is it actually benefits governments on all sides of the political spectrum to have masses of people that are not massively well-educated, dependent upon the state. And mm-hmm. Jeremy Kyle show, it just capitalised on that, you know. And massively. It's, it's so, to me, it's, it really grinds my gears to think about. And it's the same for Maury Povich show, Jerry Springer... Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil, you know, these American mm-hmm. shows where they just turn the lives of the working class into it's just, the, it's the modern day Coliseum. Like a, yeah, no, it's like it's like a zoo, like people, it's just rather than looking through like cages, you're looking through your TV and exactly and they're bas- these basically making working class people who are struggling because each of these shows shows somebody who is really really struggling or at worst men- actually mentally ill um yeah and we'll at the like... lowest points in their life a lot of the time yeah exactly and we'll then broadcast it for entertainment like when you really like think about that well not even when you really think about it you don't have to think about it too hard it's really yeah. fucked up like it's really it's a pretty short up. walk yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about if you really think about it. No, it's it's just it's it's so messed up. I've always I've obviously like I've always known that Jerry Springer and those sorts of shows were messed up, but I don't know why, but Jeremy Kyle always just sort of I think in the UK I think everywhere, but specifically in the UK, we often just like won't we're very oh, what's the word? We won't Lethartic. speak up on things. Oh, no, yeah. We, we won't speak up on things and we'll just sort of like let things slide and like let things be normalized. And we, we keep to ourselves a lot. Like the public won't. It's a bit like that, like those videos where people are like getting abused on like the tube or like a bus and like British mm. people just sit there and don't say anything and just like watch, watch it happen. Yeah. Like we don't, we're not very good at being like, hey, let's not normalize this. Like this is really fucked up. And it, it sort of reminds yeah. me of that. Because... Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly but, but it's it just, is true though they, all those shows are like that like we it was all just normalized nobody said anything and well, tlc and all these and channel four they just normalized it yeah they really it. did and like you know what i always say this with the way the country's been run the past few years if we were the french country have been ashes years ago because <laughs> that's one thing i really <laughs> admire about like french people is that if they the government does something they don't like, they protest like immediately, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. served them really well because the cost the standard of living is far superior to ours. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we all saw TikToks a few weeks ago about Paris being an absolute tip because the government wanted to raise the retirement age by two more years, mm-hmm. and I really like yeah, I completely agree with that because if they try to raise ours anymore, I'm going to be kicking off because it's already looking like I'm going to be dead before I retire work. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I, I really do think that in the UK we need to adopt a bit more of that, you know, sort of spirit. Not just in terms of like our government of shit. Let's sort it out. We're but very you're passive. So right. We love to complain about yeah. things and moan about it, but we never do anything about it. Yeah, we. Yeah. Everyone just get mad and kick off. That's like my advice yeah. to the world. <laughs> just start a coup <laughs> for God's sake. That's all we're asking. Honestly, I mean, this is that time... so hard? <laughs> hey, if someone starts it off, I'll keep it going. Yeah, <laughs> you had it here first, folks. I um, really don't need any Tories in Downing Street for the next um, eighty years. I'll be dead by eighty years from now, probably. Yeah, next eighty years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's um, let's hope that manifest if keep, if, yeah let's manifest that if things keep going the way they are i feel like people will start they will start protesting and like i mean we've had a lot of protests probably the most protests we've ever seen in this country yeah. in the past like three years four years so i i encourage that behavior that's why that um you know the 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 bill that sort of the law that got was getting passed oh, I actually i need trying to, to... Oh, they wanted to basically make it illegal to protest and yeah. really restrict it. Yeah. Yeah. I, if hard. I'm correct, if I'm correct, it's not formally passed yet, but it's like no, I don't quite so. far along in the like the whole process of it, which is scary. Yeah. But back to TLC. <laughs> back to TLC and all of the problematic shows. Um, where are there were they? any to are there any to you actually that just jump out as being really particularly problematic? I think we've already talked about it because I think it's super size versus super skinny, but I'm not sure. But I'm thinking of this one particular 
like segment of the show where there was like a big clear tube like floor to ceiling tube and they would they would put they would make the person stand there and look at the tube and put their what they eat in a day down the tube and then when it if it went past the like line then the presenter would be like look how much you're eating like is that shocking to you and I'm like, oh my god! That might have been fat degrading. families, actually. Oh, what? Oh, really? I think so. I mean, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. the same thing across both of them. Um, just a bit of context on fat families, though, because we've mentioned it in passing. Um, I forget the name of the presenter now. Let me just find out what his name is. But basically, the show was about families that were um in. They were living lifestyles that weren't necessarily the most healthy. Oh my god. Um what? It was only on for 14 episodes in 2010 and it left that much of a mark. Holy shit. Oh my god. Why did I think that was like a six season like Yeah, same. I thought that it was also on a lot earlier than 2010. Is 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 Fat Families because that's the one that I didn't really watch that often. I think we watched a couple episodes, but is that the one with the like guy presenter who would be like Yeah, his name say, is like, Steve the Miller. Derogatory things like yeah, what, he'd be like, look at these fatties call himself and the Lord like Police. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly that. He's um, clips of him have gone around quite a lot on um, TikTok, and he would just say the most absolutely atrociously disgusting things. Um, I found it. Sorry, I found it. It is super okay. size versus super skinny. Uh, I see. Just so you can see, that's what they make them do. I'll, I'll <sighs> like put it on Instagram or something so you guys can see. But it's essentially like two tubes, one next to the person who's super size, and it's like a really full tube, and one next to the one who's super skinny. And by the way, they're in their underwear for some reason. Why? I don't know. Yeah. And she like barely oh, has Oh, just for some more body shaming, it. of course. Yeah, just for some more... <laughs> Body shaming, literally. Yeah. And they make them watch their daily sort of food intake go into the tube. And it looks gross, obviously, because it's all like mushed up food going down in a tube. So it obviously looks disgusting. It's it's really, really awful. That was probably, that's the one thing that really stick, like I remember so clearly from these shows was that that one segment. Yeah. I think the other aspect of that as well, um, just from a literally a practical side of that show that makes it so stupid mm-hmm. is that they would talk about average day, like what they eat in an average day. But I don't know about you, mm. I eat different things every single day. And oh, it changes like, depending on my mood. Like yesterday for my tea, I had tacos. Um, oh, love tacos. Same, love some tacos. Um, but no, not the most healthy thing to eat. I mean, there was salad there, so love that. For my lunch today, I just had like... to me. <laughs> <laughs> but like for, for my lunch today, I had a spring salad. Like, but for my lunch yesterday, I ate a bar of chocolate. You know, just depends what you're doing and what you. Know, like, I feel like the the conversation around diet and and like reality is so like far apart, far away. Like, why uh... does nobody talk about realistic dieting? Like you're in a rush or you sometimes forget or you sometimes overeat because you've had a bad bad day or like nobody really talks about realistic day-to-day eating ever and like I don't know about you but sometimes I will just have a hungry day where I just I just 
can't seem to like fill a hole and yes. it's not that like there's no particular reason for it i've not done anything in particular that day but just sometimes i'll have days where i just i am just hungrier it's and always worse on my period i get really bad i just can't stop eating <laughs> i was gonna say i feel that but that sounds like i obviously have periods which i don't but like <laughs> i appreciate that yeah because um, people don't really touch on that with women's bodies is that yeah that's so true actually it does it really does affect how much you eat and, and yeah, that of course it does yeah there's that's but, the thing that yeah. i just find so frustrating about that whole show though is there was never any sort of there was never any discussion either about like why do you eat this way what started this kind mm. of eating to begin with and i mean i don't know that a show like that ever had to be made in any kind of context or way i don't think that fixating on what someone eats like that is good for anybody especially obviously the participants which i always wonder as well why did the people go on the show i feel like they must have been like sold some kind of false promise with the show because i don't and and this is not like victim blame because i think these people were victims of a really abusive and manipulative tv show and production company Mm, but i i don't understand why anyone would actually want to go on this show so obviously still now reality tv um is a massive discussion especially among like ex-participants i remember um you know the circle yes i watched the first season of it i think yeah for those of you who don't know the circle it's a it's a more like recent show where basically um a group of people go into this like apartment block everybody gets their own apartment and they get to choose whether they be themselves or catfish people and then they talk via like message on a screen um and they at the end they sort of have to try and decide who's real and who's fake who's a catfish and who's not um it's a very entertaining show but I remember there's one particular season British season of it um where this man goes on this I would say older gentleman I remember his name was Tim he was iconic I absolutely loved him big up Tim I'm a big Tim fan. He's wonderful. Very sweet old man. And there was a clip of him using the gym in the building uh, and he's wearing like a full suit and a hat. (laughs) He's like walking on the treadmill. It's wonderful. Anyway, irrelevant, but highly recommend that season. Anyway, afterwards, he wrote an entire, because he's uh, like a, a lecturer or a scholar or some kind of like super smart dude. Anyway, afterwards, he wrote a whole paper on reality tv and the production of it and the sort of mental manipulation tactics behind it and it's fascinating and he's also gone on podcasts with and they've all sort of slipped under the radar because people aren't really interested but i because i followed him afterwards i saw all of this and he went on a lot of podcasts with people who have been on this like past contestants of the circle or past contestants of other reality shows like love island he's even like bless this old Mm. man basically just like chatting with these young people talking about how fucked up the behind the scenes of reality tv is and how like exploitative it is and he's actually i think he's quite active in trying to combat it um but producers have a lot to answer for and i think when trying to when trying to recruit people for the show i think there's a lot of manipulation around oh yeah absolutely the recruitment process so I, I I can't I think a lot of these people 
are sort of I think they are sort of tricked into though I have no proof I do believe that they're like most of the time they're tricked and if not they're just mentally unstable so they're like yeah like they'll they'll agree to things but you know the producers know that they're not in the right mental state I suppose as well that um maybe for a show like Fat Families which has such a short run Mm. that the reality is the show the families that have been filmed probably had not seen any of the show before the show had actually concluded so they had no idea how they were going to be portrayed um which is really sad um you know especially because i feel like there was a lot of desperation coming from some of these families slash contestants because they feel like they're going to have a life-changing experience but they don't really yeah because the promise that they're going to be working with a weight loss expert who's going to help them no reform the yeah reform the view of how they eat and like what it means to eat and mm. they just don't, don't get that they just basically get lampooned on national television and you know at that time all the people that they know in person will have seen it and thought like oh god look at that like those people and how they eat and like it's so gross and there's never any sort of conversation or follow-up about why that is and the reasons for it and it's just it just pisses me off fuck anyone that mm. made those shows yeah I, I've got <laughs> we're getting passionate <laughs> it's, it's happening um but no you know, I, I totally y'all. agree with you yeah <laughs> um yeah and quite right too because oh, they're just like it's the effect again that they have on you like I'm still battling with like body image like conversations in my head and and like I'm still I'm it's a daily struggle still today and I do believe that's because of the era we grow up in and because of the media we consumed and this was the media that we consumed and in some ways I'm still consuming because I'm pretty sure as toddler and tiara still on um I'm not sure but I was just gonna say I want to get into that yeah because yeah in fact go what were you gonna say about toddlers and tiaras so I was gonna say a different kind of body image um toddlers and tiaras i'm just gonna see like, if it's still running toddlers and tiaras is n- not running it actually ended 10 years ago now what oh my god oh um oh my apologies it um it had a free year hiatus due to controversy and then it re-aired as a sequel in 2016 for one season so it actually formally finished in 2016 yeah, but for those yeah, of you that don't know, this. Toddlers in Tiaras, um, it highlights the world of toddler beauty pageants in the United States, which, yeah, that's a thing. Um, and essentially it highlights contestants who are frequent in the pageant space, the most famous one probably being Honey Boo Boo, who um, had her own spinoff show. Her, name, her real name is Alana. I forget what her last name is now. But um, they had their own spin-off called Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. And it basically highlighted the life of her family, um, who had quite a lot of skeletons in the closet, let's say. Yeah. Um, but the whole show focused on these really extreme practices that these well, like not even like teenagers, these babies essentially were going through to be judged by adults. Whoop. I think that toddlers and tiaras, the average range of age would probably be like from three to six or seven jesus christ that is so young that's so, that's that is not yeah. old enough to even be on tv to i i personally think i think that's 
No, I completely really agree. Up. Or to yeah. compete in a or even remove the TV show from it, the actual pageants themselves. The pageant, yes. To yeah, put yeah. a child and I know that a lot of the parents justified it like saying, like, no, our kid really wanted to do it. Um, you know, she but was your really kid didn't even know what it. it was until you brought it up to them. Yeah, that's that's the thing though, and it's like these are well no, these are kids that are so young that are now being hyper aware of their looks. I'm just looking at um the Wikipedia page now, which is actually quite short. I'm surprised it's not longer. And mm. um it says here, one mother on the show was criticized for padding her daughter's chest to resemble Dolly Parton's. And another was criticized oh. for asking her daughter to smoke fake cigarettes on stage. <gasps> So I feel like advocate... we need to do a whole episode just on this show. There's yeah, I, didn't I think know that. so too. I've not seen what any the of fuck? the show. I've not seen any episodes of Toddlers and Tiaras, but I have seen Honey No, Boo me Boo neither. Room. Like here comes Honey I've Boo seen Boo. clips. I've seen clips of both. So maybe we need to do a bit of watching, but yeah, it, it's another thing though. It highlights again people that usually came from quite impoverished communities. I mean, just judging by Honey Boo Boo as an example. The family lived in, you know, a pretty run-down house in a poorer part of the country. I believe they live they're from either Georgia or Kentucky. You know, one of the southern states where generally a lot of people don't have an awful lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I've just seen, yeah, they're from Georgia, um, from a community called McIntyre, which um, I don't know an awful lot about there. But if anyone knows anything about that sort of area, let us know. But you know mm-hmm. the um again they highlighted people that came from impoverished backgrounds, working class backgrounds, and exploit them. That's that's all. It's just exploitative. That's the the crux it of it all. Is just it exploits people for the misfortunes. It's it's one thing you know competitive reality TV shows like Drag Race or The Circle or even top model and whatever there's a lot of manipulation of fucked up shit that goes on behind the scenes there but these docu-series style shows they're literally just spectacle for people to essentially laugh at other people yeah it is and also in toddlers and tiaras again i haven't seen it but i've seen i feel like i've seen enough clips yeah to know that there was a crazy amount of fat shaming towards kids between like little girls between three and six oh, babies literally babies literally like, babies and the mu- between They're the mums as to be well like, the mums insulting other like telling other mums that their baby is too fat like stuff like that would happen all the time oh, on the show right so disgusting. It's, it's insane how and also think about the impact on the little girls as well on the show one like oh, they're way oh, too young to consent to be on a show like yeah. that they're way too young to consent even as we said to take part in a pageant and three they're being every single day they're being told they need to wear makeup have hair extensions like smoke cigarettes in some examples pad like have big boobs to be to win a pageant a a beauty pageant to be beautiful yeah in order to win you have to do all these things and that's being instilled into them uh literally as a baby and yeah, it's they're so being funny fed it because, from day one, basically. Yeah, and then the rest of the kids who aren't involved in that are probably like a lot of them are watching it with their mums at home. So and yeah. it makes it's just mental, isn't it? That people like men, <laughs> people wonder why women, you know, grow up in these in these 
ways and like are the way they are sometimes now like why they're so insecure or self-conscious like I hear so many like relationships where men get like fed up of girls being insecure do you know what I mean like yeah it's very abusive behavior maybe we'll talk about it another time but it's like do you really need to look far to figure out why so many of us struggle with our like our body image and like being confident Again, and it's a real fucking short walk it's a real short walk people like it's Two it steps. does not <laughs> one one and a half like it's yeah. insane but can we it's... can I actually can we <sighs> yeah, go, go through the articles that you posted because I have a couple questions yeah sure so, so on, I found on... two sorry articles. yeah go on mm-hmm. um you can pick which one we go through first. One is about British TV shows, and then one is about TLC shows specifically. Can we go through the one about British TV TV shows? Because I have a yeah, couple of questions let's do about it. it. Um, so, so just this for, is for, from... for, for, sorry for the people listening. Every you probably know this by now if you listen, but like we have a little document that we share for each episode, and Adam's basically put these articles on it, which as um adam just said they they list problematic shows yeah and this so, one's by the tab so yeah this is by the tab it's written by a author called lydia venn so shout out to her and the title is these naughty british tv shows were so savage it's mad they were even made um mm-hmm. I, I agree i would say other than savage i'd say they were just disgusting <laughs> yeah harmful. Um, but the, i do the actually have a couple one... questions for lydia I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I I do too. The first one though is super size versus super skinny, which we can agree with. And yeah. we talked about it enough at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, just yeah. fuck everyone who was ever involved in making that show. Oh, if um, you scroll down a little bit, you can see the picture, the video. Of the yeah, the, yeah. The, I've just seen Doctor Christian. Yeah, then, oh, I remember Doctor Christian now. Was he like I South do, African? Actually, I think British? so. Yeah. No South African rings a bell. Why are they always South African? Ten years, ten years uh, younger lady was South yeah, African as well. Real, Why are they so obsessed with with weight and body image? Jeez. <laughs> like... Oh my god, what's hap- What is happening in South Africa? Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Next one is fat families. We've obviously families, talked about that yeah. as well. I think lard um, and fatties are the only words in Steve Miller's vocabulary. Is the first sentence. Oh no! Literally shocking and i I completely agree you know how recently that that's been picked up on tiktok as like a meme of him going like watch out massive fatties and here comes the large like do you think that means okay because i know it's taking the piss but i still feel a bit triggered by it yeah i i don't think honestly that it is okay i think that it's we kind of talked about like dark humor before and mm. like when it is okay and it isn't okay to kind of make a, a blue joke. Mm. I think that something like that where he should he's just being blatantly fatphobic. You know, he's just mm. being he, he's just saying disgustingly offensive things. To me, it's it's not funny and it's not there's no humor in that. The only kind of laughter that is from that is like shock factor laughter. It's like gallows humor yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, which I'm not um, a fan of. Yeah, I don't live for that. And I really um Yeah, I, I can I agree with you actually. I just I don't really want to see it on my view page. 
And mm. I get that it's like, you know, again, it's shocking. And maybe people that weren't really aware of this at the time, looking back at it now, like, oh my God, how crazy was that like back in the day? But genuinely speaking, like, I'm shocked at how recent it feels. Like, this was only 13 years ago that it was made. It's so mad, isn't it? Anyway, I'm, I want to skip yeah. the next one because I want to get to the one after that. So the next one, by the way, just in case you're wondering, was Honey, We're Killing the Kids, which is so, very similar to the Fat Families thing. I hate that they've always got kids involved. Like, yeah, even if, the, you know, the, the kids do have, you know, a, a problem with their weight or their diet or their health, like, please do not put that on TV. Like, get them to see a doctor, a psychiatrist, get actual help. Like, I can't. Exactly. I just cannot it's... condone kids on these shows. It's awful. No. I mean, I gen- generally think, and this is something that I want to do another episode about one day, is like family vlogger channels. Um, oh my God, YouTube. yes, we so should. Yeah, because there's uh... so much to unpack there. But I, I just generally yeah. think that children being involved in entertainment, it's like, you know, we talk about child stars, like, you know, going a bit, lo- bit loco all the time. Mm. You know, people like oh, throw yeah. like Macaulay Culkin, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, whoever they want to, you know, throw Amanda out Bynes. Oh, Yeah, like exactly. Mm. And the thing is, I I think that these people need a lot more compassion than they get even still. But no mm. one talks about the impact of being a child on like reality TV. You know, there's never mm. been a conversation about that and why really kids should be left out of these conversations. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100% I so, agree you'd be weird to dive... disagree to that nowadays uh, yeah I agree so mm. you want to dive into snog marry avoid I do I do I do I do because I wasn't even thinking Spell. about this I was I was such a massive fan of this show that I actually didn't even even leading up to this episode didn't even think of it as problematic until I was like oh my god because mm. I haven't really thought about it in years since it was on like 10 years ago and it's only when it came up on this article I was like oh oh my god it's not where I avoid like I love that show but now thinking about it like I'm, I'm pretty sure most people will know what snog marry avoid is but just in case you don't very very simple premise where basically um it's a bit quirky actually there was a pod which people would go in yeah. so the presenter Ellie hello um would go and grab someone <laughs> off the <laughs> off the street um who was obviously that she didn't grab them off the street I don't think it was probably like scripted and they they applied for the show but yeah she would go and pretend to like grab them off the street um and they would be like the, they the would premise look, was that they would have get an a make under look. yeah they wouldn't get a make over yeah. they get a make under as in they would make people who were expressing themselves through what they wore um turn into like boring basic bitches basically <laughs> like because that is what it's like for me now on reflection um no and... it so is I... yeah I know for a fact actually that like if I was if I was around these people I know that I they'd want to do something with me and they'd probably want to like yeah. you know give me like a boy makeover which I've actually seen before on... I was um, just about to say I've seen it. I've seen it before on shows like this. And... I've seen it on this show. Is, yeah. And it's just so, like, gross to me. Yeah, I've seen... I've seen... A sort of people who were... Were sort of... 
because it's funny because they I, I had say, like, non-binary. presentations i want to yeah i want to say non-binary but at the time they you know they did not express the, the language was not there yeah yeah and they would never say that i didn't hear them say that on the show but you know on reflection you can see there would definitely be like floating in between yeah you know, there the, were the gender there norms was, yeah there was a divergence from just being like straight up like cis normative yeah and they would express themselves through you know certain makeup clothes and clothes and, makeup. and the hair and yeah and then they would have to go into this pod which was like a robot basically and pod would give them all the sass and be like look at yourself babe like this is ridiculous take off your makeup take off your extensions your nails your eyelashes um i'm gonna make you boring <laughs> basically yeah give um, you like some f- corporate like accountants wardrobe yeah and i think the biggest problem with this show is that it really appealed to one beauty standard and one yeah, like there's one way to be beautiful there's one way to be mm. seen as you know uh, acceptable in our in through the eyes of our well, society specifically yeah specifically through the opposite sex as well because once they had yeah. undergone the make under we ne- we haven't even talked about the most problematic part oh yeah ellie would go around and then ask the public like on high streets wherever she was based in the uk because it would move around she would show a picture of them before the make under and get them to, to get ask say it was a woman because it, it was men and women who were on the show almost so it was a woman though. yeah almost always women they would she would go and ask men if to rate them and say whether they would snog, marry, or avoid them. And they do that for before the make under and after the make under. How fucked up is that? Like, oh my God, like, how did I not, how's that not popped into my head in the past 10 years? Like, oh. <laughs> this this article had to remind me of it. Like, oh my I, God. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, and and that uh, they would only ever Jesus. get like snogged or married if they were conventionally attractive, and that is just yeah. so problematic. And I, just to just to close it out though, as someone that like would be made under, like I would be crack for the producers of the show. I just know that for a fact. They would see like my bindi and my long curly hair and like my impeccable makeup because we all know I know how to slay a makeup brush. They would see me. I know that's right. And they'd be like. They'd be rubbing their hands together. And anyone that would want to snog or marry me after the make under, I'm not interested in you. Like, you've got boring mm, absolutely taste. Not. Like, yeah. goodbye. Like, peace trust, out. Trust and believe. Trust and believe. Okay, I have a question for you, Miss Lydia, uh, the author of this article. Okay. Why in the next one, so it's playing it straight, which, by the way, I've not seen that. I don't know what that show is. But why? Please tell me why. Underneath that, you said that and jamila jamil is the host enough said really excuse me what does that mean why are you coming for my girl she's like the biggest feminist ever what's this about please explain this to me this was only written three years ago when she was doing some of her best feminist work i need answers yeah am i missing something has jamila done something problematic that i don't know about I think that some people don't like vibe with her because there's a whole thing online that like she like sticks her head into places it doesn't belong. But I don't really think that's true. I think that well, she kind of something... does, but for good reason. Yeah, <laughs> I but think. I I honestly kind of think that like if something's out there online, it's kind of already up for the court of public opinion. She's part of that. Yeah, 
she usually know, goes after like the Kim Kardashians as well, like the, the, those, yeah, and, those sorts of people. So. And you know, just because she's just because she's got a verified check mark, that doesn't mean that like she can't just you know chat shit when she wants to because like we all do. But and her brand is very specific. Show, it's very specific to being like, I am not perfect. I'm not even educated up to like sixth form. Yeah. Like, don't listen to me, really. Like this is just my thoughts, my opinions. I'm raising awareness. Like she's. The OG, not a perfect feminist. So I don't know why people would be. Anyway, I'm getting passionate. I love you, Jamila. No, like pop off. I've not mentioned Shakira yet, so there's a token <laughs> yeah. of Shakira. Um, well, now you have drink. Yeah. Stream Shakira's new song across to which is currently number ten on the global Spotify charts. It's a ballad about her sons. It's very cute. Which made Adam cry. <laughs> it oh like a, like a bitch i was sobbing. oh my god <laughs> um she's also been seen in the studio with bisarat the argentinian god so like, you know hopefully Ooh. new things coming soon stay oh tuned to watch this space and by this space i mean shakira's social media um do you know what we should, the <laughs> we should scrap the femi facts we should we should scrap the femi fact and just do a shakira update like every episode. <laughs> where is she what's she up to <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'd be so down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, god, um, you can, you can. I know that you're part of it, like a Shakira, um, like group chat where like all the Stan accounts are like, yes. right? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, and you get like up, like hourly updates on like where she is. <laughs> oh no, pretty much. Like I generally know <laughs> she's about eighty percent of the time. It's so um, funny. <laughs> But um love, playing I it straight that. though, um something that I could never do. Um removing our girl Jamila Jamil. That show, fuck that show. What is it? I've not seen it. Playing it straight. So basically it was a b- bunch of people in a villa. Um yeah. oh, and dear. there was <laughs> it's it a bad start. It was one guy, it was one girl even, and it, it says here eleven guys. And some of them were gay, some of them were straight, and the girl has to pick. They're all trying to win, like like it's like a dating show basically. And the premise is that if a gay guy wins, he gets all the money. If um a straight guy wins with the girl, then they like share the money. But the whole thing is she has to like try and like weed out who the gay guys and the straight guys are, and <gasps> see like so problematic because first of all. It shoehorns gay men into having to act like straight men for financial gain, which is something we already have to do in daily life at work anyway. That's damaging, just um, generally. Yeah, but then on top of that, it it basically means that someone who is not queer is then forced to rely on queer stereotypes to weed us out and basically out people. And yes, they've consented to be on the show, and the premise of it is just all about deception and being misled and all that sort of stuff. But fuck that show, fuck the whole concept behind it. Jamila, you get a pass from me because like we love you, girl. But I mean, um... she was obviously just trying to get that bad. Like I, I can't even. Oh no, period. I can't even like, like be mad at her. It's like that one. I'm sorry, it's like that meme. Of, like yes, I did that, and you would do that too for a check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe she should have skipped this one. But to be honest, like I feel like if she would have. She's had a, a personal growth and progression. So, like, yeah. she probably wasn't living her best, like, feminist life then <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I mean, we actually glossed over the X Factor being a problematic show, which I mean, like, yeah, it was. But I feel like compared to some of the other oh, ones, have it's we got past like... that? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't even be bothered. Me... Yeah. I don't give a fuck. 
How to look good naked is next. Um, yes, now I want to talk about this. Yes, me too. Um, what were you going to say? I think that maybe it's not aged the best, but I think it's definitely the best of a bad bunch by a large stretch. Because um, I love Auntie Gokie. Yeah, I love Gok. And I think that one thing about the show is at least there was an approach to larger people with kindness and compassion, and it was about helping them feel comfortable in their own skin. Their own skin, not changing like, look them. At these, yeah, as opposed to being like, look at these fucking whales. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it was like, in, in, in a sea of all of these shows that me and my mum watched all the time, hmm. this was the one saving grace for me to make me be like, okay, we're all right. It's okay. Like, don't, you know what I mean? It was the one thing to anchor me to reality. So I can't actually yeah. like say that this was the, I don't think this should be in this list, but I do think that there were parts of the show that have not aged well, for example. Yeah. Like lineup. The, the, yeah. Mm, the lineup was bad because it was saying that, you know, so basically for those of you who don't know, they would get the person the person who's on the show to they, they would they would line up these women from small from size small to to like a larger size and they would and they're all in underwear and they would say to the like con- not contestant but the person on the show go and place yourself where you think you size like in the middle at the end wherever and they'd almost mm. almost go to the like bigger end of the scale and then yeah. God would like move them and be like see you're not as big as you thought but by doing that what you know what they're saying is that being bigger is bad still so I, I can't yeah. say that that's that's great and also just putting them in you know there were uncomfortable situations yeah. like they had to go and they had to pose naked in a shop window they did have like they did have to consent to that but I'm sure there was I, I a lot of pressure. I feel like I feel like for the time, it was it was the best that we had at the time. I feel yeah. like just I I adore Gokwan. I've actually met him once. I love him. Yeah. Um, oh really? Oh wait, no, you said that. Yeah. Yeah, I met I met him in London once. He's a he's a really really lovely man. Um, as I would assume. I don't. Yeah, I doubt he remembers me, but like Gok, like if you're out there and listen to this for some reason, like first of all, <laughs> let's get you on the pod. I'd love to talk to you about <laughs> how to look good naked and all the other things you've done. Um, but also like he's just to me, just the fact that there was a whole different approach makes this already a lot better than the other shows. Um, and sort of like how we're talking about with friends, you can you can appreciate good parts of a show while acknowledging that some things have not aged the best. And I think that that's yeah. kind of is the case. Yeah, and I, I feel I I'd like to say though, just to to like round yeah, that off, on. is that House Look Good Naked really was a saving grace for me as a kid. Like oh, looking, like I love being okay, being okay with like who you are, without having to change you. So I have to thank Auntie Gok for that because that was like really important when I we were, when yeah. I was consuming all of this. Like having one oh, show to I, like I love that so ground much. me. Yeah. Yeah, so the the last three, the last one on this list is about Yuri, which I don't want to give Jillian McKeith any more screen time because fuck her. No, fuck um, <laughs> But the last, the penultimate two are What Not to Wear and Ten Years Younger. Can we just talk about fucking makeover shows? I know we talked about um, Snog Marry Avoid, but it was crack to oh me. My God. I'm sorry, it was crack. Same, same. But Trini and Susanna can meet me outside because the the war crimes. On what not to wear. The actual 
savagery that these women would say like oh disgusting to me have you seen their book about body sizes and they're like no they have a they have a a book and it's like how to dress for your body type and there's like 50 wait no i have seen it oh my god (laughs) and like we're all fruit right we're all fruit well, or apples objects. and pears and bananas and hourglasses yeah. and hourglasses like and... that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just the most problematic book I've ever seen in my oh life. My God. I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna have uh, to send you a TikTok about it because oh my god, shocking! And the style choices a... are not good. Uh, if I was a fruit, I'd probably be a kiwi because I'm hairy. <laughs> I mean, like, this is just, like, you know, body size. If I was, like, in terms of personality, if I was a fruit, I'd obviously be a mango. Like, we all know that. But, um... Oh, my God. Wait for the kiwi <laughs> No, No uh, same, though, for real. No same, I'm Portuguese. <laughs> I'm just hairy. That's my, that's oh, okay. my ethnicity, just hairy. Uh, hairy girls unite. <laughs> Oh, it's so frustrating. I want to get it all lasered off one day. If anyone wants to hook me up with a discount, you know, I'll drop the app. It's at Bad Bitch Sarasvati on Instagram. You know, <laughs> send me a DM. Um, I'll do, you know, because I need it. I'm, um, I'm practically a woolly mammoth in a human's body, which is not great. Um, hook me up as but... well. I'm super hairy. <laughs> Just because. Oh I'm my god, teeth. we can. Oh my god, we can twin up. That'd be so cute, actually. <laughs> Cute little day out, getting lasered. Yeah, we can we can hold hands <laughs> while we get lasered. Oh, I love that actually. Um, yeah. So oh if you want to support like best friends getting lasered together, then please drop us a really a noble cause. Oh my god! It oh really my god! Is. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what my auntie said when I like popped out the womb? Oh my god! Go on. She said, "Oh, oh, don't worry. We we can we can get her laser." <laughs> <laughs> I came out of the womb with a lot of hair. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Your poor mother just sat there holding this gorgeous baby, and that's what her sister said. Yeah. being like, "Oh no, don't worry. <laughs> we'll get it removed. Don't worry, don't worry." And then my nan comes in and she goes, "Oh no, my auntie, my great aunt comes in. This Portuguese lady, this little crazy Portuguese lady, and she's like, no." Nope, she's never gonna survive. <laughs> she's too small. <laughs> so in the same like hour, my mum got told that I was too hairy and that I was gonna die. <laughs> but yeah, so you just malnourished and hairy. That's that feels contradictory for a start. But um <laughs> Jesus Christ, you poor mother. Poor you. Came to this, you were literally you were in this world for like an hour and already caught two ops. And already patriarchy was 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 doing its thing. This is what I mean. Yeah. No, that's already. actually so true. That's that's sadly like that's just symbolic of life in the world, isn't it? No, it is. Though I didn't realize how symbolic that was. Actually, patriarchy is just like on you. Yeah. You know what? When you write your autobiography one day, you got to include that, and like that'll be like a really powerful <laughs> like, opening chapter. Um, I'm gonna get a ghostwriter. Yeah. <laughs> If right, I'm that, if wrong. I'm that note, if I'm that notable, <laughs> I'm not doing any work ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, period. Honestly, I <laughs> see. I would love to do that. though, like ghost write autobiographies. Yeah, ever since I read um, oh, 
fuck what's that book called the seven husbands of evelyn hugo oh yeah i recommend that highly recommend that i was like you know what ghostwriting is lit i would fully do that to sum up to sum up a lot of this i think that we still have so much work to go with reality tv because a lot of these shows or similar shows are still running like we didn't even talk about 90 day fiance and stuff like that and like how that normalizes like abusive behavior yeah, there's absolutely. so much work to be done with reality tv and i'm really worried that it's going to do a u-turn and get worse i'm thinking of right the response to jury duty i don't know if you've seen that i haven't no oh but i've heard about it my friend cherish told me it's like the guy um he didn't know that he was being filmed and then so yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 hilarious i honestly one of the probably one of my favorite watches this year but mm. I, 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 I am listening to this conversation that people are having afterwards because the last episode, everything was revealed to him that everything was fake. Um, mm. So jury duty, just to sum up, is literally just a fake court case, fake jury. <clears throat> Everybody's actors aside from one guy and they make him believe everything's real for like a couple weeks. And he even lives with them and everything because they're sequestered. Um, and then the last episode, everything's revealed that it was the whole thing was fake. And there, there really is like he is like absolutely baffled. And he has said in podcasts afterwards, he had moments of panic, which, to be honest, sounds a bit like PTSD to me because he wasn't sure if yeah. he was still in everything was fake still. He was like oh, having panic moments afterwards. But he's he's OK. He, he's, he's not like he says that he's really happy with the show and that he's glad that he did it and he met loads of friends and learned stuff about himself so it's a positive response but he has said it was like it was it was a real life Truman show experience yeah absolutely it does make me think of like the future of reality tv and shows like this and how much it will push people because I only ever see things getting worse sometimes with like Love Island and how like Mm -hmm. abuse is normalized and how you know we, we know we were talking about on America's Next Top Model like the therapist that they have on call to like get responses out of people <laughs> it's like it does worry me um but well yeah this leads me to pose a question so mm-hmm. do on. you think that there can be ethical TLC style docu-series that highlight stories about working class people and fat people and people that live these sort of more unusual less common lifestyles do you think that they can exist in an ethical way i do i do think they can i i'm a big reality tv watcher actually um Mm. and i'll be i'll be the first to point out when something's really fucked up as well and i'll more than more often than not i'll stop watching it um but i do think there are ways to do it in like non-performative ways it'd just be more like docu style you know honest we need like more like honest an an honest approach and we need to I would like to know as a viewer who's concerned about a lot of these people I would like to know that they've consented like every step of the way and if somebody's being pushed to their limit for example America's Next Top Model like the hypothermia episode like we need to know that people are okay doing what they're doing even with documentaries like we need to know that they're okay I like the honest interview approach where you can hear the person asking the questions and you can hear the the dialogue. Um, I do think there's a way. I just don't know if it would be particularly entertaining. That's the problem. I think that it is possible, but I think the reality is it's not going to happen, at least for a very long time. 
because no. oh, as no, you say yeah, I agree. ultimately what's more entertaining watching on a, th- a thousand pound sisters we haven't really talked about that show much but um on that show we followed tammy and amy um and basically they're both trying to lose weight to get gastric bypass surgery um and one of the sisters who is amy um is less um obese to begin with she weighs about 100 pounds less than tammy does who is practically bedridden at the start of the show and you know what would be more entertaining following them honestly going through the struggle of trying to lose weight or highlighting on them arguing with each other and you know basically making otherwise it's a hard watch otherwise it's a really exactly it's like struggling because the thing is you don't turn reality tv on to be you know inspired or to have your eyes opened you watch reality tv because it's an escape it's the mcdonald's of television if i was to do a poll right now and and like got like thousands of people to to take part in it i would guarantee i would put money on it that people say that they watch reality tv for drama like yeah, that's of course they do. Watch it. So that's that's the whole reason why we watch it, and I yeah. think that you know there is no production company because even shows that are praised for being really progressive, like Drag Race, for example, production on Drag Race fucking awful at times. It's really problematic. There's so much stuff about that on that show. Um, We've we, got a lot maybe, of content to get through. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say maybe we will do a drag race episode at some point. Um, we have to because we're both drag race fans. It'd be yeah, it'd be illegal very, not very to do that. But like even a show like Drag Race, which is praised for being no like super progressive, there is still shady shit going on behind the scenes in production. And yep. I just don't think there's gonna be any reality TV show production company that's gonna want to take the time to make a truly ethical reality TV show. Because I don't yep. know if they exist. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Totally agree. Um, well, on that note, I feel like that's a really good way to like <laughs> yeah. to to round it off. To be honest, because we, I feel like we did need to end up on a on a more serious note to just like point out the problem with, with I agree with these sorts of reality shows. So thanks so anyway. much for listening, guys. It's been a Thank it's you. been a good one. It's been a bit of a ride. Um, got Has heated in places. <laughs> Passionate. <laughs> But don't forget to um, follow our podcast wherever you are accessing it. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Rate and us five rate stars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, rate it. You don't have to rate us five stars. But remember, <laughs> at the beginning, I did issue a warning. It's Pride Month. And <laughs> I am Queen of the Gays. And your queen commands you to rate it five stars. Um, You can also follow us on Instagram. Ellie, do you want to drop that app? Yep. So on Instagram, we are at the New Feminist Magazine. And then on all other socials, we are at TNF Magazine. Um, and our website is uh, thenewfeministmagazine.co.uk. Uh, and you can find all of our content on there, all of our really awesome content on there. And yeah, support us, Love please. <laughs> Bye, lovelies. Have a great week. Have a great life.